Hello and welcome to the Sanctuary, a safe space to speak from the heart. I'm your host, Israel, and my guest today is relationship, love, sex expert, Jaina Swan, and the founder of Swan Academy. Thanks for coming to the Sanctuary. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. How are you doing today? I'm wonderful. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I think I might be hungry, but I'm not sure. You know that, like, maybe I want to eat something, but I'm not hungry. <laughs> I can't decide yet. I can't decide. But, um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, first off, what is the Swan Academy? Let's start with that. Well, the Swan Academy uh, started as a dance company, but now it's grown into so much more. In fact, it's... It's an academy for people who are looking to level up in all areas of their life. Um, right now, my focus is building the content around sexuality, relationships, love, because that is a, a huge piece in our day-to-day -day lives that heavily impacts people. Um, over the next few years, I plan on diving into more finances, talking to people about investing, um, as well as we also talk a lot about health, fitness. That's always a base of everything that we come from. So it's really a holistic institution for people who want to get a good head start and have a well-rounded life plan. What made you start it? I started and founded the Swan Academy about six years ago. It was 2015. It was at the lowest point of my life. And I said, you know, I asked myself one night, I said, if I didn't have to worry about money, everything was taken care of, I could do whatever I wanted to do with my life, what would I do? And that's when I drew the blueprints to this academy. And so it's been sidelined on the back burner as just a little side hustle for about six years. And now we're going all in and I'm ready to provide massive value to all of the listeners and students that decide to join. Mm. What, what happened six years ago? What happened six years ago? I was... <sighs> I had a cleaning business that I was about four years into, and I had been in a relationship with someone for about two and a half years, and um, so that relationship fell apart, and I had to move back home into my mom's house, and here I am working 14 to 16-hour days in my own business, <laughs> and uh, living in the same room that I was in for high school, and so just you know, getting up early mornings and late nights and sitting there and really having to reflect. And so that's been the catalyst was the fact that I have had to struggle for all of the knowledge and lessons that I've learned. And I really want to provide a platform and a blueprint for other people so that they can get the advanced knowledge so that they don't, they can avoid those problems. They don't have to suffer like I did. It's really about like helping to end that suffering across the board. So it's, it's mm. been an adventure mm. and I'm, I'm so excited to see where it goes. Mm. What are some of the things you learned in that period? Some of the things I've learned throughout the years is, I mean, the biggest one I'm learning right now is that it's me that's holding myself back. And that's something, it's funny because I teach that to my, my clients a lot, but it's always me. And so um, I like to tell others, and I'm really starting to hear my own words now, is that um, if all therapy could be ended in just a few words or one statement, it would be you are the problem. <laughs> and so I know that I've been learning that I'm the problem in any aspect of my life that's not going the way I want it to. And so it really comes back to like just taking that responsibility and showing up. And so over the years, I've learned that like I may not have started knowing how to build a website, but I didn't have the money to pay someone else. 
So I thought, all right, I'll put my own time and effort into learning it myself. And it's been through a lot of different editions, but I've learned how to do my own website, my own photography, editing my own photos, doing videos. And it really has taught me endless amounts of things. I've learned um, how to balance the books financially for a business. I've learned how to be legal, taxes, and, and how to have all of the right things in place. So it's not just that you know, off the book side hustle, it's a legitimate business. And that in itself had a big learning curve. So, um, mm -hmm. and of course I learn from my students every single day. Every time that I interact with a new person is a new opportunity to gain their perspective on life. And I love having that open, accepting heart to hear more stories because then I can transfer those stories to other guests, other students, other people I run into to hopefully encourage them through someone else's success. So, mm, mm. that is <clears throat> that is a great approach. So let's rewind a little bit. Why did you start the cleaning business? Oh, so my cleaning business was a start because if we went a little bit before that, um, okay. after high school. I went to college, I was a professional dancer. And so I was dancing professionally, being paid for shows. It was exciting. And um, I ran into some medical issues. I developed a Bartholin gland cyst. And um, when I developed it, I was at this point where what, I was dancing. What is, what is that? A Bartholin gland is the gland on the labia of the vulva, the vagina. It's the interior exterior portion. We have the major lips, the um, uh, labia majora, and then the labia minora. So the minora, the thinner lips, this is, it was on the larger side of those and it grew to the cyst, which is essentially a blockage with a fluid buildup. And it grew to about the size of a golf ball <laughs> and it was very painful and quite extensive process. Um, I happened to at the time be dancing professionally. I was also working full-time at an immigration law attorney's office as an executive assistant of his. Um, I was also working in two different restaurants, one on weekends and one on weeknights. Wow. So I was doing a lot and I believe stress, mm -hmm. poor diet, no good sleep, and uh, just a, a depressive mindset. I'll just put it that way. All contributed to the growth of this as my doctors have let me know that they actually don't know what causes the cyst that I had. Um, about 8% of women on this planet experience this and nobody talks about it and nobody knows what causes them. So it yeah. became something that, I'm sorry. That's a lot of, that's eight of 6 billion is a lot. Of course. And it's a lot of people suffering silently um, because it's really hard to talk about. There's not a lot of studies. There's not a lot of knowledge or science to back anything up. So over the years, I kind of had to um, anecdotally figure things out based on what was happening to myself and have to try different things out and talk to other people. I actually know three other people in my life who have had this, which is crazy. Um, and so it's a little bit, it's more common than you would think. And um, so the recovery from the surgeries, um, as I had to go through a series of surgeries, I had about five of them and they were across the span of a year where they just kept, the cyst just kept coming back and the doctors kept trying to get to it. Now, the real lesson in that portion of my life was a few things. First, it stopped my day-to-day. -day. So I was in a bed 24-7 after that. It was a hard healing 
process. So three months of doing nothing. And when you stop and you get to observe everyone around you and you get to start to see the cause and effect in their decisions and say, oh, well, Billy over here did this and this is the result he's getting. And Sarah did this and this is the result she's getting. And hmm, I started to have that ability to pause and really think. Um, it also started to open up the idea that working for someone else is never going to get me what I want out of life. And mm. so that is kind of what catapulted me, in fact, into my cleaning business, which is the original question. And uh, it was because I wanted something that was low cost, something I knew I could sell immediately. I didn't need a huge learning curve and that I could just put my time into because that's really all I had to offer. I was I, this all happened at 20. I was just a baby. <laughs> and uh, so wow. I dove into that cleaning business and um, I was working long 14, 16 hour days. I've cleaned um, residential uh, offices. I've done medical offices, post-construction. Those are always my most favorite getting to, you know, this, the instant gratification part of me it goes from really nasty <laughs> and dirty to like really beautiful. <laughs> so, and I'm like, people are paying me for this. This is awesome. But no, but seriously, it, it's so humbling to know that wherever it is that I get in the, in the future, you know, 10 years from now, I'll be able to stand on a stage in front of thousands of people and tell them, you know, I have scrubbed thousands of toilets to get here. And part of the reason I chose a cleaning business was because I knew I wanted to get around wealthy people because I wanted to learn. I wanted to watch their patterns. I wanted to see what they do. What are they reading? What are they talking about? And the only way I needed to do that was, well, I can scrub their floors and toilets. Like nobody wants to clean. So that's what I did. And I was in their homes. I was in their offices. I was in their private spaces. And I was able to break that barrier and have that communication that most wouldn't because the level of trust you have to have when you allow someone into your home is huge right. because you're not paying for my ability to scrub your toilet. You're paying for the trust that I'm not going to steal from you. I'm not going to mm. take something or break something or, you know, let someone into your house. I mean, you're giving me your garage codes. You're giving me your door codes. So that was my introduction. And that was how I started to network with people. Um, I was very, very lucky to be in Florida in um, a wealthier part of Florida. So I had a lot of people around me who are business executives I got to learn from and watch. And, you know, whenever we go through our struggles, we tend to like talk about it. And so I happened to just be that listening ear. So I got to absorb a lot. I got to see what kind of decisions they were making in their business, what the struggles were, how was it having employees, um, you know, all sorts of things. Because I personally never grew my cleaning business past just me. Um, and that was, it was partly because it was a struggle to find people who could live up to the expectation and standards that I set for my clients. But it was also mm -hmm. because I wanted to provide more of an intimate service for my clients. And I knew that it would be different if I sent someone else into that house. And uh, so there was a lot of aspects and I will forever be grateful for that cleaning business. And it'll also always be the first thing I recommend to somebody who is looking for something flexible that needs to make money and now, because it, wow. anybody can, you just, you know, you could be a single mom with a couple kids. And if you can get the flexibility of a few hours to go and clean someone's house for a couple hundred dollars, like that can be huge. It's huge for somebody. 
So a future program plan is an online course on how to start your own cleaning business and how to navigate mm -hmm. owning and operating it. Um, either as a sole proprietor or as a business owner, um, and being able to share the expertise over the decade that I had learned um, with those right. people. But so you're, you're doing the cleaning thing. How do you, like, I guess, start the relationship thing on the side? How, how did that come? Like, did that start when you moved back to your mom's house? Right. I So I'm at my mom's house. I started, I had my cleaning business at the time. And then I met my now partner. Um, no, so that's a story in itself. I was at my lowest of lows, having a really hard time. And uh, I was like, well, let's get more clients, more money in the door so I can get another place to live. And um, I had been cleaning one woman's unit in an office complex. And so I get in my car one day and I grab my 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 business card was like, okay, I'm just going to walk down to each unit. I'm going to hand a business card out. I'm going to get my name out there. And then I was like, I really don't want to do this right now. Like, ugh. and something just nudged me and was like, just, just do it. Like, come on. And, uh, you have to have that as a business owner of your own. You have to have that nudge. And so I followed it and I walked myself down. I walked into this unit. Um, at the end, I asked if they needed a cleaning service and um, met a few people who led me to the owner and the owner and I, he did take on the services a few months into those services. Um, we started to develop it into a relationship and he had this home that he had just purchased and he had flipped it, renovated and was going to sell, decided to move into it just to see kind of how it felt. And uh, so he's like, well, it's a bigger house than I can manage. So if you would like to clean the house and maybe cook food and stuff, then you can live here rent free. And so I took him mm -hmm. up on that offer as I had had many months of long conversations, getting to know him and his daughter and his family. And uh, so I moved in and very quickly became a relationship. And uh, so on top of having my uh, age gap relationship, it's a 27 year age gap between the two of us, but it works perfect wow. for us because, you know, I'm an old soul and he's a young spirit, so it works. <laughs> you know, we all need balance. And, um, but it was a lot of, it was a lot of growth. So I've learned a lot through my relationship with him, but that's mm. not to say I actually have been love coaching unofficially for about a decade now. Um, ever since high school, middle school, I have been into helping people with their love life and relationships and giving advice mm. for years. People always come to me. I'm that safe space. I'm that, you know, the friend group therapist kind of thing. You know, that's always been me. And I do believe it comes from, you know, my father was a pastor of a Christian church when I was growing up, um, a local mega church. And so I watched him with the marital counseling and I watched him helping couples and talking about relationships all the time. His go-to motto was, it's all about relationships. So for me, um, I've watched people get divorced. I've watched people go back in the dating market. I've helped people, you know, get out of bad relationships and other people into them. And just the variety has always been there. And, um, so my experiences, back years ago with my Bartholin gland cyst, the recovery from that actually sparked my interest in human anatomy more. And so after oh. becoming personal trainer and a group fitness, you know, group fitness instructor, a nutrition specialist, um, I also dove into female anatomy because I wanted to learn for myself how I can increase pleasure in the bedroom 
because now I'm working with a lot of scar tissue. Um, after five surgeries in the same spot, a very delicate place, um, we just had to work around it. And my partner is so amazing that we have um, together figured out what works for me. And now I want to put that same process and blueprint out so other people can figure out kind of like, I like to look at people as like a code lock. It's like a padlock. You got to figure out each and every different little ingredient for them to unlock their, you know, orgasm lock or their, their pleasure potential. And so for us, we figured out what mine is and everyone's is different. So I got to a point to where I was like, you know, I'm, I'm getting in my own way because I was scared to talk about relationships and sex online because coming from a family of a very religious background family, like they just never talked about sex. I didn't get a sex education as a kid. Um, mm -hmm. I got, you know, no sex till marriage. And nobody told me what happens after that. <laughs> nobody gives you the instructions on like, okay, once you're married, what do you do? And how do you mm -hmm. do this sexuality thing with people? It was just, it was so shame covered and filled that I never want to talk about it. So I didn't learn about consent. I didn't learn about boundaries. I didn't learn about how to say no and how to get myself out of bad situations. So I landed myself, unfortunately, in some circumstances where I've been mentally, emotionally, physically, you know, sexually abused. And you learn from that. And so to be able to take myself from going to being a victim to a survivor to a thriver, I want that for others. So it's, there's so many deeply passionate things that brought me to the point of like saying, you know what, people are going to talk about it. They're not going to agree with me. Not everybody's going to like what I have to say, but I'm not here for them. I'm here for those who need what I have to say, who are looking for it. And so that brought me to love coaching and the beginning of 2020, I wanted to kind of shift myself from, I was struggling as like a fitness coach because I knew it was more than just food and fitness. <laughs> I knew that our relationships had to do with it, our emotional health, our mental health, our sleep, our water. I mean, there's so much. So that's when I, I started to shift into, well, I can stand out and be different. And, you know, it truly came down to this. It's, I'll be honest. It's hard to tell people to eat well and move their body. Like, work out and eat right. You know, people tell you all the time, there's no real motivation in that. But if someone can come to me and say, I'm having a terrible sex life or I'm not having orgasms or I can't get it up, any of those things, a lot of them can be fixed with food and fitness. So here I am now, I'm like, hey, you want a better sex life? Let's get food and fitness involved. And so they're more likely to take the steps they need to clean up their diet and get more, more exercise and cardio if they know that the benefit is not looking better. The benefit is being more mobile, more flexible in the bedroom, having more stamina, being able to do those fun positions, being able to last longer. Like who doesn't want any of that? I feel like, right. you know, so that gave me that kind of ability to come at things in a fun way. I tend to be a little bit more of the, I'm a learner. And so I love structure and professionalism. And so this is my way of like, getting fun and flirty and like helping people learn in a way that is exciting and memorable versus yeah. like another textbook. Like 
I'll read the textbooks. <laughs> I'll read the textbooks and I'll bring it to you in a fun way. That's that's where I'm at. Right, 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 right. Oh no, that that sounds great. So, um, and then you you said Swan Academy started as a dance. How did the evolution happen from dancing to oh, I'm gonna you know make your sex life and your love life better? Love it. Uh, I it's been an evolution because it's less of a going transition from dance to love. It has been an evolution of like growing from the ground floor was dance to like expanding the idea. So we actually. I have a program called Six Weeks to Sexy, and it involves a lot of dance. Um, because for me, oh. I, I tend to express things less of a man-woman and more of a masculine-feminine energy perspective. So I like mm. to uh, focus with my female clients. A lot of them are business owners. They're very ambitious. They're you know PhDs. They're hardworking. And they get stuck in that masculine energy. That's the structure. That's the, you know, let's work hard, go, go. And yet in their relationships, they want to show up more feminine. And so by helping them learn ways to bring that feminine energy out at home when they're not at work, that's really key. And so we use a lot of dance for that because it's easier to drop into your feminine with just a little bit of movement, connecting to the music, put something sexy on that makes you feel good. Even if it's sweatpants, like whatever makes you feel good and just move. And it, you know, we're very much, I like to promote body positivity and that does come with the fitness and health, but it also comes with just really loving what you currently have. And that comes through touching yourself, like, you know, dancing in a way that like you can really embrace that femininity and let your sensual nature come out. So we do use a lot of dance. So technically still doing dance classes. It's just Mm -hmm. a small fraction of what we do. Um, Um, so sex, you know, especially with the type of upbringing you had is taboo, right? Um, how do you navigate that? Especially since this is, you are now diving all in. It's been tough. I will say, um, that's part of the reason it's been a slower start over the last few years is figuring out legally. What am I allowed to say on each platform? How can I do this, that, and the other? It's it's very, very political. <laughs> so right, it, it right. comes down to finding those safe spaces like this, having a safe space where you can express things and not have to worry about that judgment because truly if someone doesn't want to hear it, you can just turn it off and not listen. At least that's my opinion. But as far as how I'm navigating it moving forward is um, I do have um, more platforms that I own the ability to own what's on the platform. So instead of using an outside source like a Facebook or an Instagram, I'm just paying for a platform where I build it myself. And that often helps. Um, I'm also considering opening an OnlyFans page because it seems to be the wild and awesome thing to do. I also know that... Uh, none of the things I could share on that platform would get me demonetized or taken off or shadow banned or any of it because there's always going to be someone who's putting out something um, more exotic and extreme. So (laughs) I'm looking forward to finding more platforms like that. I do love to share, you know, as much as I can without getting in trouble. So I will talk about certain certain things on like an Instagram, but I won't visually show anything to go with it. 
or it might be mm. a little bit suggestive, but it's never like full blown out there. In fact, that's kind of mm. where my online courses or my one-on-one -on -one coaching, that's really where someone can get those, um, ask those deeper questions. If you want like, um, in six weeks to sexy, one of the weeks we focus fully on pleasure, sex toys, um, sex tips and tricks. So that's their opportunity to ask questions and say, Hey, I've been trying to, you know, be a female on top positions and I just can't get it. And so we'll walk through tips and tricks and how to, and, you know, but these are all things I really look forward to bringing to a platform like an OnlyFans so that I can have a library of, um, educational, more like edutainment, a little bit of educational entertainment. Um, mm -hmm. I really like to bring, um, less of the PG vibes and I like to bring more, um, of the real vibes. Like for me to teach about sexiness, I have to feel sexy. So I like to dress and look sexy, which, mm -hmm. you know, that also isn't acceptable on some platforms. So it's been tough navigating it, but we're getting through it because most people who, um, I'll say for me, it's been huge because most people who are doing this for money would give up. They would have given up a long time ago. And the mm. fact that I know that every time I hit a wall or I have a page uh, taken down or I have something flagged or I'm not getting the organic reach I should because I'm using actual words instead of like play words, you know, um, it, it really can be hurtful and daunting, but if you don't have the strong enough why, and the fact that earlier I've listed four or five different types of people that are, are my whys, whether it be, you know, children who need the education so that they can avoid being manipulated and having these bad experiences, or if it's young adults who don't know how to navigate new relationships or people new to marriage who have never thought about sex till now and really need the help or, you know, mm. people who've been in marriages and now are empty nesting because their 20 year old kids are off and now they get to be that, that vibrant, uh, sex filled household again. And, you know, there's so many people that when I face these hard struggles or, you know, you know, if it's a money problem or something like that, where you should be getting paid, but the system doesn't want you to get the money because of the topic it was, or, you know, there's so many things that happen to me at the end of the day, if I could, if I could help one person, that's good enough. I mean, the struggle is worth keep pushing and keep showing up and keep fighting for it. Because I really believe that if, if us, if we creators, people like myself who have these voices, they want to get this information out. If we allow the systems that are in place that are trying to hold our voices back from being heard, if we stop and we just give up, then things will always stay the way that they are and people will still struggle and we're going to have all this and we won't change anything. So the fact that we keep showing up, we keep creating content, whether it keeps getting flagged, it does not matter. Like I'm going to keep showing up and keep figuring out the system till I can figure out the right way to do it. And if that means everything is PG on, on the major platforms and you have to subscribe to other platforms to be able to get the more explicit items of, of knowledge, then that might be what we do. But you know, it's really just that why of like, I care too much to give up when it's hard. Mm, mm. And, you know, and, and when you have that, why it's your purpose, it's your fuel, it's, it pushes you through, especially the tough times. So like, um, you mentioned only fans and because of, especially cause of uh, only fans blow up during the pandemic, right? COVID happened. People look for other sources of income and only fans was 
like was what some people switch to um and it has like this negative connotation or people expect that sex work that mostly happens there online sex work um do you think you know now using that platform is going to have that attached to what you're doing with um swan academy i hope it does and the reason i say that is because those are the people i want to help is you know mm. that is a demo that i want to help is the guy who's that chronic porn user who's having a hard time in his relationships and doesn't know why and it's like i'm if i didn't want that attached to the business which it, Yes, there are some weird things. People hear that word, that OnlyFans, they hear it and they think of one thing. They think of porn. They think of sex, eroticism, but that's kind of good because I, I do want them to be in that mindset. Just like when we go to Pinterest, you have a different mindset than when you're going to YouTube. You're just, you're looking for different things. So people are already going to OnlyFans for erotic content. So if they can be following 10 to 20 women who are all in that arena great for those outlets and then they have me that one account that they get to go and look in its education that's still kind of it's still sensual i want it to have that feel that someone is still like when they're opening up the laptop because they're going for something to fulfill them in a sexual manner i just wish they're like my hope is that they will choose my educational videos over you know, just the twerking next door at the other girl, you know, and integrate more in, in education because a lot of the education that I could and, and look forward to sharing is like how to talk to women in messages that will get a message back or how to interact with women online or how to interact with women on these sites to get their attention. Or, you know, there's a lot that I can work with there. So <clears throat> that's pros. There are cons <laughs> as a female is putting out sexual content on a site that is associated to being a porn site. I do have, I know I will have family members who question my content <laughs> and I know I'll have other people who assume things, but I can't let that hold me back. Like I can't, mm. if I did, then I would be disrespecting every single person that could be helping. And it just, it wouldn't make sense to allow that fear to hold me back because that, like at the beginning we talked about, that first lesson, the big lesson is I get in my own way. And for a long time, that right there is exactly why I have yet to start this. I've had this idea for 12 months and it's like, but I didn't want to start it because it does get inundating when you get constant messages from men that constantly think you're a porn star, or think you're a an online sex worker. And it's like, they don't get that it's, um, it's yes, there's T's and turn on involved, but it is an educational platform. So it can, it can be daunting constantly having that. But at the same time, I tend to use those as opportunities to educate. And so mm. I tend to express boundaries, consent, and all of that in my response. And, um, if that can help, then great, you know, I'll, I'll take it, um, it's as easy as, you know, hiring someone else to go through your emails and just tuning it out. Um, I've dealt with a couple trolls and, and death threats and all sorts of negative things and um, people calling me. Did you me. say death also, threats? Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, wow. I, I had to stop working out at public gyms locally because I had someone who was threatening me and using the gym names that I go to. So I was really nervous for a wow. while. Um, was accused of being 
a, um, a racist and a couple other very degrading things, but it comes with the territory, you know, hurt people hurt people. And I, my heart goes out to them because if only they knew, if only they knew where my heart is, then I don't think they could ever say those things, but they're unable to see and feel my energy because they're so wrapped up in their own pain. And so I have to respect the fact that they're coming from the perspective and the view that they have. And if that's what they see, then maybe I'm doing something that leads them to believe that. And so I reassess myself and say, could I have said something? Could I have written something? Could it be that I hadn't said something and they wished I had spoken up? Maybe, mm. you know, there's a lot of different things. So I always take it and I reflect on it, but I don't take any of that personally. Um, but it doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. It doesn't mean it isn't hard. And, uh, mm. um, but it comes with the territory. Again, you put yourself on the internet openly and you show up vulnerably and talk about really taboo topics and, and people are going to start to use this stuff against you. And so you just have to be really, you know, I protect my heart as much as possible, but I also don't want to put a wall up. I want to be able to have that heart to heart connection with my listeners. And if that means that I'm going to be hurt now and again, um, it's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> again, he goes back to that. Why he goes back to that purpose. So it's like, Everything that comes because I'm doing this thing I know I'm meant to do, it's fine. Uh, but it's still scary, though, especially when you're mentioning you get death threats and stuff. And, like, uh, when you're putting reels on Instagram or, or TikTok, um, you know, when you're doing things like that, what mindset do you have to be to create the videos you create? It's a great question because... For a long time, my content wasn't like, it wasn't doing very well. And I had to take that step back and really like, okay, what am I doing wrong? And not that there's any wrong way to do social media. It's just that your strategy changes over the years. And so for a long time, it was me, me, this is my day. This is what I'm doing. This is, and so I, over the last six months or so have really been focused on what are they coming from? What do they want to hear? What are they looking for? And so when I create a post now, I have a, a few different ideal listeners, clients, however you want to perceive that. So I have a few different people I'm trying to speak to. And um, so I come at it with a, okay, so one of them is a 30 to 45 year old woman who's going through a divorce and she's a business owner and she wants to know um, dating tips and tricks because she's back in the dating market. So I will think from her perspective, I'm like, okay, someone who's new into relationships, what might they want to know? What are some 10 good tips for them? And I'll create a reel for that so that now anybody who watches that reel who is in a new relationship is going to still get a benefit from that. Even right. someone who's in an old relationship may still get benefit from that. So it, for me, it's figuring out who do I want to talk to in that moment? Who am I feeling compelled to speak to? Um, or it could be that I'm having an experience currently dealing with a client or someone who's just asking a question and passing, or I get the same question over and over and I see a trend over time. I will address that. Um, but just like we said, it can be really difficult putting this kind of content out because when I come from a place of wanting to speak to a single person, one person, I know there's always going to be opinions that oppose it. 
And so it can be really scary to like put something out and say, this is what I think, feel and know, and then know that there's going to be someone on the flip side who says, well, that's not right because their perspective is different and their experience is different. And so it's that ability to take the ego out of it and say, you're right. This isn't absolutely accurate for every single person, every single situation. So how about you let me know? And that's when I let them educate me on their perspective Mm -hmm. so that when I create the next one, I can include it and I can say, or this is good tips or whatever, you know, as I try and include everybody, but at the same time, really keep that, um, perspective of coming from the shoes of that one person I'm trying to talk to. So, you know, as a love and intimacy coach, um, and with the content you're creating and you're putting out there, one of the things you're launching in a couple of weeks is your podcast. Um, what's the process of that? And what are some things you're looking to share with your audience? Yeah, the podcast is called Happy Healthy Horny, and it is launching in about two weeks, June 1st. And the idea is that we're going to have conversations, either monologues where I'll just have an open dialogue or I'll invite an interesting guest on to speak. And we'll discuss um, what I like to describe as finding the harmony between our deepest desires in life, which is being happy, healthy, and horny. And I personally feel that those are our deepest desires in the sense of we can't have we can't be lacking in one area and have that balanced life that we're looking for. And now everyone's harmony is going to be different. So, um, yours might be a little heavier on the health or mine might be heavier on the happiness or, you know, we all define them differently. And, um, you know, different things like finances can fit either financially healthy, or you can consider finances as something that makes you happy. You know, everyone's different. So I really just want to open that dialogue so that we can dig down and talk about the connecting features. So that web of connection, I like to look at it as, um, you've seen those Venn diagrams where the circles all kind of come together. And so that is the logo for the podcast because happy, healthy, and horny, you have to have that balance. You got to find that center point where you're not so happy that your health suffers, but you're happy and you know, so we got to try and find that harmony, which is different for each of us. So while I bring on people to discuss their opinions and asking them, how would they prioritize those three? What order do they put them in? Why, Mm -hmm. you know, do you notice that maybe when work starts going not so great, that your sex life is also suffering, which means you start to eat bad because you want to feel better somehow, which leads into sleeping in the next day and you don't get that workout in then, you know, in that downward spiral, or are you noticing the opposite where you're noticing Mm -hmm. that, I woke up in a great mood and I was really grateful for all these things. And then I had great morning sex and I went to the office and landed a new client. And then I came home and had a great dinner. And, and so there's either the spiral up or the spiral down. And I really think that just addressing the fact that everything is connected and really bringing that together and just opening the conversation to these different topics of how it all integrates with each other. And, uh, Mm. you know, just, just, the dialogue needs to be there. Not enough people include, and are truly, I'm heavy handed on the horniness because a lot of people talk about health. Mental health is becoming a bigger topic. Business is a big topic. Finances is a big topic. And 
on the outskirts, you have some people talking about horniness, but not many of them talk about that in conjunction with the rest of these things, which is, I think Mm. that's going to be the key critical piece in this portion of dialogue is, you know, how can we integrate that so that it's not a, it's not looked at as something that's taking away from the rest of our life where sometimes we can go a little bit overboard with our solo play sessions and have too many of them in a day so that our work suffers and our relationships suffer. And like, how can we find that balance? So that's really what Mm. I want to bring to the table. Balance, balance is something that keeps coming up in all you're saying. So whether you're doing the educational piece on OnlyFans or you're doing the podcast, balance always comes up on your website. Um, you know, people can get to learn more about, about what you do. Can I just get like a quick snapshot of the Swan Academy and, and like the different courses you have planned? Um, but one thing like jumps at me, the pricing, it's like, it's, it's targeted at high ticket clients. Do you, would you say? Um, it's yes. Uh, I'm my, as far as the coaching now, the courses are, it's, there's really a three tier to it is the educational content coming on an OnlyFans page that will be a much lower entry cost because uh, that, so that is going to be the more accessible information. The podcast right, obviously right. is our base level. It's going to be free so you can listen to the information. I'm going to give a lot of really good knowledge on there. Um, and there, so there's, you have the podcast for free. We have our education course on OnlyFans that is coming. That will be your entry level. Then you have your online courses like Six Weeks to Sexy. Um, we, the future planned is a male version of Six Weeks to Sexy, which is my female course. That's called The Modern Day Gentleman, and that will be available as well. Um, and so the courses are more of that mid-range. Now, what you're referring to is that top tier, that one-on-one coaching. And right. that is because none of that content is repurposed. So you're getting 100% of my full focus, all of the energy. You know, we do a lot of really hands-on work. You go home with activities. Um, a lot of these people, they bring their partners in on their coaching. So we do extra benefits. You know, the coaching, um, we include, like, sometimes they do boudoir photo shoots get included in that. So some of that money goes to paying a photographer, you know, time like that. There's different aspects that play, but yes, the ideal client for the one-on-one coaching are those, those C-class executives, those business owners, those people who they're looking for the shortcut to getting their, their problems solved. And they're the ones who they have the money, but they don't have the time. And so they want that one-on-one real close attention. And if someone has the time, but not the money, that's where we're going to be on the so that's where we have our only fans. We have our online courses. Um, I'm considering it like an inner circle monthly group where we can all come together and ask questions and do a Q and a, which would also be another entry level fee. So I really want to make it accessible to everyone, but I can't give a hunt my one-on-one time to everyone. And so that's where I have to put it at a price that allows me the time space. Like I only have so many limited one-on-one spots because the rest of my time is filled with podcasting, creating courses, helping all of my other students. I do a lot of um, answering Q and A's online on Instagram, social media. I'm heavily in my DMs messaging people back and forth, um, which I'm gonna start to transition those conversations because I'm only helping one person and I really want to grow that. So I'm going to transition those into a call-in show 
which will be a little subset of the podcast where people can call in and have a 15 minute session where we can do this. We can, I can ask you questions. You can ask me questions. We can get to the bottom of finding a solution, but you don't have to invest into a full hour long, you know, because the, yeah, because you can only get so much, especially, um, with a one-on-one coaching, one hour is not enough to be able to really, really learn enough about the client for me to be able to help. So that's why all the coaching packages are packages. There are four or 12 sessions. That way we can really get in and do the work uh, and make that progress because you're going to need that month, two months, three months to be able to really see those changes. And um, as much as I'd like to say people can get off a one hour coaching, coaching call and like make a huge change in their life. I have seen that happen. I have had people do that where they have done one coaching call and then I call back two years later and they're like in this amazing relationship and everything's going well. And it's like, okay, but the majority of people, the majority of people have a lot going on and you need that weekly by weekly like ability to have that accountability where you know you're going to show up. I'm going to ask you the hard questions and we're going to try and get to the bottom of it and take that action. So so there is, yes, it's it's an investment, but that's because I need them to be just as invested as I am. And when I go all in, I go all in on my clients. So yeah, it, yeah you get what you yeah, pay for. Yeah. If I, you know, if I bring it down, then I can't give you everything that I have. And so, mm. you know, again, that balance thing comes out again, because, you know, I see that I'm like, holy shit, but when you put that in context, you see that there's a balance. So whatever your price point is, you can still get to, you know, interact with Janice, uh, Swan and the Swan Academy. So again, balance comes up. I'm going to leave you with this question though. Um, you do all these things, you know, have to make time for the podcast, make time for clients. You have a relationship and you have all these things going out. How do you find a balance in your own life? The balance in my own life. Well, one, I do not have pets or kids. That's huge. <laughs> <laughs> That's huge. Um, and I, I stress that so much to people because that is a huge answer as to why I can accomplish so much. Um, because that's a lot of responsibility I don't have on my plate. Um, so this, it allows me the ability. So the balance comes in, um, block scheduling. I, I schedule my entire month in advance. I block schedule everything out. And in that block schedule, I include me time. I include midday bath. I include workouts. I include meal prep time. Um, all the things that I know make me feel good. Um, I spent some of my day yesterday with an adult coloring book because why not? (laughs) You know, it's part of what makes me come back to my center and it calms the mind. I'm very overly ambitious and if I don't stop it, I will work all day. And I know that that's great for progress, but in the end it's not because I will end up losing a day or two the following week because I'm burnt out. So right. yes, there's a big, it's and, and it's not always balance because I think it's really hard to find like an exact balance. It's more like harmony. And it's like knowing that if I do four workouts a week or five workouts a week, that's pretty good harmony for me. Now, if I try to do six or seven days a week, I will get burnt out after a few weeks. So I pull back and it's like, okay, I know if I cook at home 
this much, then it feels good, but this much is too much and I get stressed out. So I need a few days a week where I know I can rely on a Chipotle meal or something like that. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. so that's where I find my harmony and that's a lot of self-reflection, a lot of practice and having been a self-employed business owner for 10 years, you have to learn how to schedule yourself and, um, now it doesn't always work out perfectly, uh, as hormones tend to come in, throw a wrench in there every once in a while. And the day <laughs> I had planned to be really productive becomes a down day. And then I can just right. move that. But, um, that's where also maintaining that harmony through pre-planning and scheduling out content and such so that I'm not relying on having to be on every single day. That way I can have those down days where I'm allowed to like recluse and like, like just stay curled up and like do my thing, you know, whatever we end up doing, the the Netflix and chill day by myself. Right. Right. right, We all need it. We all need the escape, but, um, you know, just daily walks, meditations, drinking water, eating food, all the balance that I teach in my courses is what I do in my own life is, you know, it's a lot of it is, I really, really don't want to be the person who tells you to do something and I'm not doing it. So it's usually like, there are times I give out advice that I need to hear myself and I don't recognize that in the moment, but I'll hear it later. (laughs) (laughs) But most of the time, my advice is coming because I've either lived it or I've seen someone else live it. And, you know, and so it's coming from a place of, you know, really, really, truly wanting the best for people. And my harmony comes from really connecting with people regularly, but also being a little bit of an introvert from time to time. And, you know, mm-hmm. but. I, you know, it's like making time for yourself is important. And because you actually get to build up more to give your clients. That's what, what I really believe in. Ah, man, it always, it's always great to talk to you. And like, I don't notice the time fly by. Um, so I just want to say first, thank you so much for coming to the sanctuary and for sharing your knowledge. And I can't wait for the launch of, um, happy, healthy, horny, right? Happy, healthy, horny, um, for the launch of happy, healthy, horny, and I also want to say thank you for, you know, sharing your super vulnerable story and also doing the amazing things you're doing. Thank you. I appreciate you having me here and allowing me this space to be able to be open, honest, and share my story. Mm-hmm.